Hello and welcome to ATN Betches. I'm Sammy. And I'm Aileen. And this is a very, very dire weekly succession recap. Uh, if it is to be said, so it be so it is. Are you all right? How are you feeling? Well, first of all, happy birthday, Samantha. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Bringing the mood back up. You're podcasting from Italy. <laughs> I'm podcasting from close by Matson's Villa. Wow. I actually saw a helicopter going by yesterday at breakfast, and I was like, that's Matson. For everyone listening, if you haven't watched the episode and you just like listen to this for fun, I don't know why you do that, but um, don't listen anymore. This is your one and only warning. There are massive spoilers ahead if you haven't been able to... Um, catch them online already, but just saying massive spoilers ahead, do not listen. I don't think that needs to even be said, let me just say, because like, who does a whole podcast with no spoilers? Well, you know what I mean? Like, I'm about to get into it immediately. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like, there's not going to be a warm-up. Okay. (laughs) Last night, of all episodes for us to be in a certain circumstance of the morning, you were across the country, the world, excuse me, and (laughs) um, I went to see Bruce (laughs) Springsteen. I mean, and look. I had to watch this warning and avoid spoilers. All I saw on Instagram was Vanity Fair saying this episode changes everything. And then no context succession account that had just Tom and Shiv hugging. <laughs> That's all I saw. Did you see my text? That was like, yeah, don't say anything. Yeah. But that was this morning. So this is the spoilers I was talking about. Can you believe that Logan Roy died on your birthday episode? Oh, no, it's so devastating. Is it devastating or is it that um, for your birthday gift, he gave you, you being right, <laughs> your prediction was right. Well, we know that is the greatest gift of all. So It is. <laughs> <laughs> so happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, yes, but here's the thing, like, although he's not a real person and if he were a real person, I would probably fucking hate him and be not mine that he was dead. Like, even his real-life counterpart, Rupert Murdoch, if he died, I wouldn't be like, oh, what a shitty birthday. But because he's Logan Roy of the show, my I feel like – I feel as though I lost somebody. Like, I actually feel different than when Logan was alive. (laughs) I can't can't explain it. Like, I just spent, like, a full massage thinking about what's going to happen next. So I'm very well prepared. You just spent your full birthday massage thinking about Logan Roy's passing. I did. <laughs> yeah. Okay. First of all, how do you feel about the fact that they did this episode? They did they did this huge thing. They killed him off. Third episode in. Also, not like the end of the episode, like the beginning of the episode. Also, hilarious that they call it Connor's Wedding, the name of the episode when this was like not about Connor's wedding at all. Right. I thought that what? was I I love that they did that. Um, I love, I thought it was a courageous and artistic decision for them to kill him off so early in the, both in the season and in the episode. And also I thought it was really interesting because I don't, I can't say that I ever envisioned that we would see, we would know that he died without seeing him die. So I thought that that was a really interesting way for them to do it, especially because that is probably kind of true to how a lot of people hear about you know, their loved ones dying. Like most people are not physically there to witness it or I don't know about most people, but you get what I'm saying. Um, So that felt very accurate. Yeah. But also like, I wonder if he would have died if he went to Connor's wedding. Although it doesn't matter because it's not real. You can't ever know. Like 
would his death have been at Connor's wedding if he wasn't on this plane? Yeah, if he was on land. Right. Right. If he was on land, I think he would have been saved because at some point when you're done doing CPR, like you expect medical professionals to come over and take over, but they just didn't, they stopped doing the CPR because he wasn't breathing for so long. But I guess that they, they couldn't keep going. I mean, it was just flight attendants. So I think that if he was on land, he would have been saved for sure. I think it was the circumstances of where it happened. And um, I think also in the after the episode, Jesse Armstrong said that like they did it through the lens of like how people now through like who are very distant find out through like phones and emails and just you hear it through other people and you're not physically there. But it was just like very reflective of all of their relationships, like the people he died who surrounding business people with like the exception of like Kerry and his family and the people who were supposed to be like love, love him. were like on a boat somewhere. <laughs> Right. Celebrating love. What was, what was Roman's line? Like the, the sham marriage and the end of romance or something? The death of romance yeah. was what he called it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. The whole wedding, just, just a quick aside, like that whole wedding was like, what even was that? Like the county fair meets the Titanic. I don't even understand why they wanted that. It was that. so unchic. Unchic. I was, was like, so unchic. It hurt. It hurt, but it almost was like perfect because they did end up getting married in the end by themselves. Nobody was there. Yeah, there were like three people. On this like fucking ferry. And they like had an honest conversation with each other. And it was almost like that one that one shot was like kind of romantic in a way because he wasn't doing it for anything other than like wanting to be with her. But also she, I think in a weird way, it was like, she chose him. Yeah. You know, like he kind of gave her an out in that conversation. And Connor being chosen is actually maybe that's why they called it Connor's wedding. Because his whole thing that he expressed last episode was that he feels like he's like this kind of inherently unlovable person. And mm -hmm. ultimately in the end, like she says, like, I'm gonna I I choose to stay with you. She's happy, yeah. Yeah, no, it was romantic in a really fucked up way. And she seems like she likes him. Like, in a weird way, they're, of all the siblings, like, he is the most, if you're putting levels on it, the healthiest relationship. Yeah, he's the happily, happiest married man <laughs> in the family. <laughs> I mean. I just, it's so funny that it was on a fucking ferry, like a public ferry, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> like a tugboat. We have so many things to talk about. Did you, but did you notice that the I reason know. the whole thing leaked was because Greg was talking to someone who was a journalist yeah. in the beginning. And she was like, where's your uncle? What happened to your uncle? Well, no, because Tom essentially gave up, told him that's what he needs to do. When he was on the phone, he was like, this cannot leak. It'll tank the stock price. But if it does, make sure that they know that Tom was with him. So, like, <laughs> I think he instructs Greg to tell, to, to leak it. He was, yeah, he was instructing him, but also I she was inquiring. Like, she was saying, like, is your uncle coming? Mm -hmm. And he didn't answer. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing that Jesse talks about was, like, and the and the camera guy, Mark, I think, we're talking about the way in which it was shot. Did you did you watch the after? Yes. I'm sure you did. 30-minute um, take. <laughs> yeah, the 30-minute as if it was done as a play. And it really, really felt like that. And I love that because you in real life, things are happening all simultaneously. So – and that's why it was like just very reflective of 
the message that we're sending to the audience that things are all happening, that you don't get to see all at the same time. So like when you see the kids at one point, you, you see Carrie coming off of a conversation. You're not, you don't know who she's talking to or what oh, she's Jerry? doing. But, oh, Jerry. I think she was on the phone with an employment lawyer. That's one prediction that I'm making she was right now. definitely there or she's, she's like making it tight with Carolina because Carolina also knows that she was getting the boot. So like – True. It was just like a lot of things were happening at the same time, which set it were it's almost like a new setup for the rest of the season. Well, like Logan Roy says, everything is moving always, all the time, forever. So mm-hmm. that's he made his point even in death. Uh, I do have to say, because we were just talking about Greg a second ago and Tom being on the phone with him. What is Tom's does Tom not remember the time that Greg he asked Greg to go like hide evidence and then he retained the evidence? Why would Tom essentially instruct him to do the same thing that he did last time and then it ended up screwing him? It just seems so stupid. Uh, Yeah, maybe. It's just what is in this folder called logistics? (laughs) I think it's his plan for how to take over. Yeah, I think so too. This episode of At Betches is brought to you by FrameBridge. Around our office, we have so many colorful framed art prints and photos. It creates such a fun atmosphere and gives our space that unique Betches character. I've been a longtime user of FrameBridge because anytime I want to frame something, custom framing can be so difficult and expensive, and they don't always have the sizes you want online if you want to try to frame something yourself. So then your options are to bring something to an expensive framing store or leave it in your closet collecting dust. But FrameBridge makes it so easy and affordable to get your special artwork and memories in frames so you can spice up your space with ease. Basically, everything in my house has been framed by FrameBridge. We got our wedding photos done immediately by FrameBridge. We've hung a gallery wall. FrameBridge is truly my go-to. They make it so easy to select a frame to see how they would look online. And they send you packaging so that you can send in the thing you want framed so that it won't get ruined. We all know that getting custom frames can be difficult, but FrameBridge is easy and affordable to custom frame just about anything. You can easily order online at FrameBridge.com or visit a retail store if you need some guidance. You can either upload a digital photo for them to print or mail in an item using their free secure prepaid packaging that I mentioned. Then FrameBridge custom frames your piece in their studio using the highest quality materials and ships it to your door in days for free. See why FrameBridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or visit a local FrameBridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything. That's framebridge.com. So let's go into like kind of the the two parts of this, of this episode was the before and the after, right? There was the before where everything starts off kind of light. You see the same kind of banter between Greg and Tom, which was also hilarious, like so fucking funny. Tom, it's not your fault, but he finds you visually aggravating. And Greg says he's so petty. <laughs> Tom says, and then later Tom says, I've got three to four people gregging for me. I've, I've roped in a few mini Gregs from the big pen, little Greglets. And Greg goes, don't turn me into a word, Tom. I'm a guy. <laughs> that was one of my favorite uh, that was quotes, so we're... good. There was there was great Roman lines like back off you inflatable dicky dick. Like Kendall showing up acting like a child and goes kidney chop to like the back of Roman's back after he just like tells his dad he's a cunt. Buzz me later. Like it was just a lot of like sort of light and funny standard succession stuff. Yeah. Right. Like but then you're just we're just as an audience catapulted into the moment like the moment where they find out is the exact moment we find out and it's all it all feels so 
sudden. Like, like I was in full shock. What was your immediate reaction when you you hear Roman get the call from Tom and Tom is like, your dad is very sick? Like, what was your first reaction in the moment? Well, because, okay, there's a difference between like my reaction as a meta watcher of dramatical TV or as Kendall with as a Dram- dramaturgical, I mean, dramaturgical <laughs> sense. Um, <laughs> like, there, so I'm kind of watching it as like a meta person. Like, oh, is he going to like, I think he's going to die because we're in the last season and like this makes sense for it to happen. So my first instinct was like, well, well, at first because of the way they played it, I was like, oh, not sure. But then as it – they that's how they wanted you to feel. Like the, you're getting news and you're not sure because Tom's not actually saying it. Like he's just saying he's very sick and he didn't say like – he didn't – until he said they're doing chest compressions, I was like – Oh, there's a medical emergency. Maybe he will die now, but it could also be he will die in a day or two. But then once he right. said they were doing chest compressions, I was like, "Oh, this must be the this must be it." So even when they even when they said who's, who's doing chest compressions, I thought maybe this is like at first I thought it was like Tom is pranking them, so, like something is being there's a prank, like I'm getting punked because. Like, because the static, and usually there's no not static in any of their plane-to-land phone call, air-to-land phone calls. And it was all very, like, you know, you're just thrown into it. The moment that I felt it was real, like my stomach dropped, are you drinking an Aperol spritz? <laughs> I am. I just, an Aperol spritz just entered the chat. I am dead. Makes dramaturgical sense, as I am so jealous. <laughs> It's so big. <laughs> it is a goblet. I, Aperol spritzes should be required to be served in goblets of this size. Like, I don't like when they fuck you around with, like, a mini white wine glass. Just an aside. Anyway. I'm just – just <laughs> your whole vibe right now is hilarious. You have, like, a gilded headboard behind you. <laughs> We're recapping succession. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Um. Well, the minute that I realized it was real, and I think the minute – they realized it was real. And that like just shows the brilliance of the script was when like Tom goes to them, like he's like, maybe you should talk Frank thinks you should talk to them. And he, they're like, why? And they're like, just in case this is the last chance. And like my heart just like hurt in that moment because it felt so real. Like Tom wouldn't be fucking with them saying that. And like, that like was to me so heart wrenching. <laughs> In that exact moment, it's like, it's not Logan Roy, it's their dad. And this is their last chance to talk to their dad, regardless of all the shit. It right. really, well, that, that I want, I cried. <laughs> what what I felt in that was like, not necessarily, what, what I think that my mind immediately went to was like, oh, they didn't, that's it. There's no more words that are going to be between them. Like they're going to say it to his ear. And that's what I thought was so hard was that even in that moment, watching them try to get out an expressions, an expression of love or anything to him, even Kendall was like, I don't forgive you. Um, uh-huh. And it's like, he's, de- he's dead. Like, um, but I think that that was, I thought that was the hardest thing to watch that mm-hmm. there's no more between these people. There's no mm-hmm. more between these children and their father and they leave with how it is now. Like how unresolved we feel as an audience as of like the last episode, that's how unresolved they feel. So that was why I, I felt like it a was, sense of like lack of closure, you know? And they're never going to be able to get it. And no. it just, 
it makes them probably think like they had their family function last night, so they're not as technically estranged. Um, yeah. It means it 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 really makes you think about like how how they're they must be feeling like taking in all, everything that that they just kind of went through with their dad. First of all, Roman calling him a cunt on the phone. Did you think he listened to his messages? Oh, that was so. That message was so funny. It was very funny. <laughs> are you, I, guess, I, I guess the question is, are you being a cunt? Buzz me later. <laughs> yeah. um, when he, and the last thing that Logan tells the kids is, you're just, I love you, but you're not serious people. But at least he said he loved them. <laughs> this is his only way of showing love. And I guess they did have a, ten, a tender-ish, as tender as tender could be for them the last time they speak to their dad. But um, the other reason why I thought that this wasn't like actually happening and it was just something else going on is because this like launch into like Jerry and like firing her out of nowhere, yet at the same time, you know, the conversations were happening because Tom already knew about it. Like the minute that Logan got on the, out of the car to get into the plane, he's like, he doesn't even say this is what I'm doing. He goes, go make sure he did it about yeah. um, Roman. Also, he had been saying – he had said in past episodes, like, I'm not sure about Jerry. Right. I know. But it's just like all of a sudden. You know what I mean? Like, it's just something else was happening. And like in the – and I have been reflecting a lot on these last few episodes about how I felt watching seasons one, two, one – at least one and two about how like Logan is always like so many steps ahead. And he was always, he's always plotting something. He's way ahead of everybody. He's way ahead of the kids. And there's something else going on behind the scenes. And it just felt like that. But then <laughs> it happens and you're like, wait a minute, was he just sick? Is he starting to lose it again? You know, it was, it was all just a little bit of a clusterfuck in, in like shock. My feeling on the Jerry stuff is that Logan probably was very bothered still by the fact that he sent – that Roman sent dick mm -hmm. pics to Jerry because yeah. Logan – Logan's weakness is is actually women. But he doesn't ever have that acknowledged really. But if you think about it, like a, a lot of his business moves revolve around the way that he treats the women in his life. And I just have this feeling that he felt uncomfortable with the fact that Roman was in some sort of situation with Jerry. Maybe – I don't know what extent – to what extent he knew about it. But I really, really feel strongly that Jerry maybe had something brewing and that when Roman walked into that room to be like, I need the room, that – and she, like, got off the phone. Like, I really just feel that she was on the phone with, like, a lawyer. And – I'm kind of getting that from like the original previews where she says like, I'll go public, you know, so you know that something's happening in that realm with her storyline. And she's a lawyer. Like she's not stupid. She knows that this looks like sexual harassment and in a company that had just gotten in trouble for sexual harassment allegations that she was asked right. to cover up for. So I don't know. I felt that – I feel that she – how does it how does it uh, advance her interests? Like she's looking uh -huh. out for herself, and I think especially now she's going to look out for herself, right? Especially, but I doubt she wants like the big job. She just doesn't want to get like doesn't want to look like she's out out ousted, like 
at this point in her career because she will definitely retaliate. Well, Roman said, we're going to stuff your mouth full of gold. And she she didn't look very pleased very pleased because I think her reputation is more important to her than like a little bit more money. Yeah. I'm sure she has a lot of money. And what is she like? She doesn't look like she's like a lavish spender anyway um, or really values it as much. But I thought Logan also like getting Roman to do it and then Roman and was almost like a test to see if he was like, like an old school test, like to see if he was that same killer as if we're on the yacht season two. But Roman, like, he does do it, but then he he has real second thoughts after, and he was like, do you really expect me to bend over, he says, for you being every time you want to be cunty. <laughs> but he says that and, into the machine. He doesn't say that yeah, to him. Yeah, he can't expect that. Yeah, you can't expect that for me. And I think he was also – I think also Jesse Armstrong said that, but, like, he was upset that – or disappointed in Logan for not coming to Connor's wedding. Like, you're really going to be that shitty? Like – he seems right. uh, genuinely sad about that. And then on top of that, you're going to make me fucking fire Ke- Jerry, <laughs> Jerry, yeah. and he, and he knows, he knows their history. So I just, it was. Like That's why he made a, him fire Jerry. It's like, I, know. I actually think That's that he was using up. that. I thought, so you think it was a test. What I think it was, was his way of getting him to be like, you have to come to meet with me to Matson. Like either you're going to do, either you're going to. Almost like because you said you didn't, you won't come with me to Matson. I'm going to make you fire Jerry right now. Right. It's a punishment. Like if you're not going to come, this is what you're going to do instead. It felt that it felt a little bit more like a retaliation than a test to me, like a mm-hmm. quick retaliation using something that he was already going to make him do because of the relationship with Jerry because he doesn't want to get his own hands dirty. You know? Uh, yeah. I think, I think you're right. It was another petty move. It was like a helicopter move. And yeah. just like using people as just yeah. pawns in and his little emotional d- abusive way. And I also think there was a bigger – that sort of overlays onto a bigger theme of the episode, which is kind of the question of like, how are the kids going to be doing business and trying to jockey for position while they're like in deep in like immediate aftermath of grief? And the mm-hmm. answer – and they're all sort of questioning like, is this okay? Like – is this wrong? And the answer is Logan would do it. He didn't even attend mm-hmm. his own son's wedding. He doesn't even know what gifts he sent him. <laughs> Some Napoleon <laughs> letters. Of course, Logan would think of the markets, not the family. So to me, I was like, why are they all being so sentimental? I mean, because they're not killers. But lo- but Logan mm-hmm. wouldn't be sentimental about it. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I've been to therapy for many years, and whenever I have a problem that I just can't seem to wrap my head about, if I have intrusive thoughts or I have something I just like I'm avoiding, I always go to therapy because I know my therapist can help me work through the issue, come out on the other side, and just leave the session feeling like everything's going to be okay. Nothing has transformed my life quite as much as my therapy experience. I can't recommend therapy enough, and BetterHelp is a great way into it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Betches.
Should we rate the episode? We have not um, given our weight star rating. <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, this is, yeah, th- these are extenuating circumstances here. So yeah, let's let's rate it. What do you give it? I'm giving it five weight stars. And not just because it was a big deal what happened, but I think the way that they did it was genuinely so creative. It was daring, dramaturgically, mm-hmm. one might say. <laughs> dramaturgical sense. Just in case, by the way, in case anyone doesn't know what I'm referencing, HBO airs like an inside the episode right after the, after it airs. And Kendall, uh, Jeremy Strong, the question is obviously like, what do you think of the the plot where Logan dies? And he's like, I think it made sense dramaturgically. But uh, when I read it, it was even more. I I cried. (laughs) Yeah. It's just Jeremy Strong being pretentious. It just like goes according to the plot. Yeah, I agree with you. I give it five way stars. And not only because of like the magnitude of what happened and his death, but the acting and also just like the way that like the way in which they film that scene, like a play. I thought that was amazing. I thought them launching into it immediately was unpredictable and I and extremely emotional. Like I felt I cried. I couldn't. I was because I was taking notes this morning, and I, I I couldn't type. I was just watching it, and I had to rewatch it all again to like take notes. They were all over the place. I go what? every every note was just like one word, and I just it was very emotional and and like also so choppy. And I feel like that was very also reflective of how it would happen in real life and how you would process something like that. It's like going between shock and reality because like not only is it just, you know, this, your dad dying from, from the perspective of the siblings, but your dad dying, but like <laughs> he's, he's not, he's, he's not only ahead of this like massive cor- cor- publicly traded corporation, he's about to sell it. So like there's like so many things that could affect this and the kids were just against the deal now what do they do like it's just like how do I think about myself how do I think about the company but how do I grieve my dad at the same time and it's just you felt that that tornado of like emotions and just back and forth the choppiness of those of piecing together those thoughts and I thought like it was very masterful like you said it was done artfully and and yet they managed to get some really good jokes in (laughs) like in in um in their script. So yeah, it, good, it, it was good lot. dialogue. It was, yeah, it packed a punch and ended quite, it quite well and like left a ma- massive gaping hole in my heart. <laughs> so I give it a five. I, I give know, it a five. I know exactly what you're saying about the choppiness because as I was also trying to take notes and write down what they said, they were all interrupting each other. So you, and they weren't speaking, they weren't delivering lines as um, effectively because I think they mm-hmm. were all in shock. There was one, there was one part, I, I think Shiv, I think Sarah Snook's acting in this. I texted you this. I was like, yeah, that was, I said it this, while I was watching too. I was like that her acting here is on another level. Like I literally feel as though she just lost her parent. The mm-hmm. real Sarah Snook lost her parent. Like it was so, she was so good. Yeah, I felt her emotion with her when she comes into the room and Tom like gives to get the phone and she's like, I can't have this. I can't. And then when she's crying like that and yes, she's the denial and they give them her the phone and he's like, is he dead? Like he's on the phone, but she's like, is he dead? Can you like, it's just 
it's it's very it felt very re- realistic. I agree with you. And then how she in a, on a delay realized like how long did you know before you came and got me? Like how she got very how she like looked back on that and how she became so much more like weak in that moment, the way she goes to Tom for comfort and then she kind of pulls away. Like her whole it all just felt so 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 real. Um there was another thing that you said about, you know, Logan this person dying, which I thought was a really powerful just kind of message was, you know, at the end when Roman is looking at the stock price on his phone and you see that it plummeted and he like holds his fingers up like, and it's like an inch on Mm -hmm. the screen. And he's like, that's all dad. And it's just crazy because it's like this tiny amount in real life, but of his fingers like on the phone, but it's so much money and it is so much work of all these people. Yeah. And it, and it's exactly what Logan was saying about himself in that diner like i am i'm a hundred foot giant and they're all pygmies or whatever it's it was it was yeah you really felt it but um what i wanted to say earlier before we rated was that like just pulling out like looking at the whole plot of the whole show and then we can get into like kind of what happened after they found out like all the strategy moves but like they're gonna go like daring like they're gonna go into the rest of this final season without the main character logan which is amazing because it's truly what the show is about. It's about the succession. And now they're forced to deal with the succession because up until now, for three fucking seasons, plus 0.3, they, 3.333 mm-hmm. seasons, they have been dealing with this like hypothetical succession. Oh, if dad dies. And Logan was dragging his feet. It's almost as if like he could have eased this situation had he chosen someone, but he only realized he was mortal, like basically two episodes ago. Yesterday. He never thought it it would have happened. And even though he's had like all of that, those issues that didn't stop him, he went and found a new girlfriend. He just kept going and he wants to be a pirate. Like literally it didn't stop him. And I'm just wondering, like, do you think that maybe he dragged his feet because he, like, sort of was like, when it, it doesn't matter because when the chips fall, whatever happens is what it's going to happen. And the chaos will almost create the right person rather than me picking someone who's undeserving yet. Like, maybe he wants that fight for when it's real because you can really, you can really sense like it's so palpable the difference between how the kids act when he's alive in like business versus now when he's dead like the way in which they give each other space even Shiv when they were talking the three of them talking about the um the statement she was like there's Logan Roy but she doesn't put herself first she goes there's Roman Roy and Kendall Roy and Shiv Roy she says herself last it's like they they set their egos aside I'm sure it's super temporary but still like (laughs) it's Maybe he did it on purpose. Maybe he knew because he is always so many steps ahead. Well, that's that's an interesting point. I also think maybe part of it is that he's taken out of the equation. Like there's – yes, it is the succession of the company, but it's also like Logan's approval, which doesn't necessarily align with the best person to run this huge company. Like I think that that's like a yeah. huge piece of it that doesn't really – they're also busy – busy trying to jockey for his favor but and assume and his favor up until he died means in charge of the company 
I think it's yeah. possible. I think I think he probably look if he weren't willing to entertain that, I don't think he would leave them without a successor. But at the same time, I also think it's sort of reflective of a certain type of persona. And I think it's not very uncommon. Like you don't need to be as big of a giant as Logan Roy is to be this type of person. Like my grandfather was this person. They just like refuse to stop working until it is the last breath leaves their body. Like they they will not. You know what I mean? Like they like I think there's this sort of like if they stop working, then they have given up. You know, Rupert Murdoch is also still working, like very actively. Well, your well, your grandpa says that the work keeps him alive. Yes. I remember that's what he said. Like it yes. was that they they feel like if they don't, if they stop moving, stop working, that's what's gonna cause them to die, not the other way around. Yes, exactly. So I think that part of it was like, if I choose, then I'm really irrelevant. Or what do I matter mm-hmm. if I've chosen? But in reality, it doesn't seem like there was like a great successor. Maybe they could have like hired an external CEO, but no one in this game <laughs> they was tried be- Rhea. Yeah, but that was also because he was fucking her. This is what I mean. All of his, yeah, so many more of Logan's decisions are are driven by women than g- gets acknowledged. This whole thing started because he wanted to give Marsha more shares in the trust. The whole thing in Italy was because he manipulated Caroline to get more power back from them. Like so That's much true. of what he does, people don't even realize. And you see it with Kerry. The second he goes, they, they uh, are like, fuck that girl. Like, you know what I mean? They're like, why are you here? I I think that that just shows like people were always sort of like working around Logan and his women. It just wasn't Mm -hmm. spoken about. I, I agree though. The, when you, when we brought up Rhea just now, it's, it's, it was like another really good piece of hard evidence for that, for that (laughs) argument. Like he can't even consider an external CEO who he hasn't fucked. Is that not an option? (laughs) There's only one one option. Um, and it also had to be somebody who works for his, like, rival. It's all very emotional, even though he's not emotional. Emo- um, Logan is not a serious person. Let's be honest. If Logan didn't make all of this money, he's not a, he would not be a serious person. And that's why his kids are not serious people. Because they think that they can imitate him. When in reality, he was kind of like a right place, right time, good instincts. And that doesn't that doesn't last forever. That's most people. Yeah. Okay. After so after they find out, it's you know there's the there's all of it. They tell Connor. Connor has a reaction. He's like, he never liked me, and then you know he gets back into it. But then after that goes like, let's talk about strategics, like the legit the strategics of the business. That's when it gets launched into. They stop doing the chest compressions on the plane. They're drafting the statement, and the other the three on the. On 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 water, they're not even on land. <laughs> yeah. On on sea, ashore, offshore, are figuring out what to do. Also, and that's probably also why, it, like, what? Jesse Armstrong, just brilliant. Like the way that it, the episode feels unstable, and it's because they're not on land. Like they're on water and in the air. Like it's not at all grounded in like what's real. It's a great point. It's actually really interesting. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you, Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. 
You choose whatever you want to rent for whatever you have going on. It's totally up to you. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There's no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. So it's no big deal if you lose a button, spill something, or you just need to take a break. They have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code BETCHES20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's. And enter the code BETCHES20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com, newly with two U's, and use code BETCHES20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. I'm Betches co-founder Aileen, and as you may know, we have been in the media game for a minute. And between meetings, podcasting, dinners, etc., I need a wardrobe that works with me, not against me. And that's why Lee is a staple in my wardrobe. I recently got this white jacket, jean jacket from Lee, And I got their button down. I must say that the quality is very, very good because when you wear a button down, it is very difficult to find one that doesn't kind of come apart. And this one is not only very soft and comfortable, like I can move my arms around, but I really, really like it. It just looks really cute. And it's like Western, Western's so in right now. And then I also love the white jacket I got. It's like off white, but it has this blue stitching and it's like, I'm going to wear it over the shoulders, perhaps on my vacation. I'm just really into it. And Denim trends come and go, but Lee is legendary for creating denim cuts that fit your body. Their denim gets better with age and their classics fit into every look. Lee's denim jacket is the one to reach for without fail. It's a classic. The Ryder jean jacket is the OG and what every other brand has copied for decades. Everyone is an icon in their own right and Lee makes denim so people can own their style and feel good in their clothes. Their spring collection is here, so get the freshest looks and cuts before anyone else. You can find your Lee fits by visiting lee.com, that's L-E-E dot com, that's L-E-E dot com to shop spring looks now. Okay, so let's talk about the strategic. Let's do it through the we ra- our we rate you segment. So like talking about who is the best, who's the bore. Who is our number one boy, Samantha? You're my number one boy. I've got to make, since I'm getting to go first, number one boy is Kendall. Kendall. (gasps) Me too. He is back in his position. Me too. I agree with you. That's what I have. He is the number one boy. Yeah. I think that immediately in the aftermath, he was quickly showing his killer instinct that Logan would have wanted him to show. He, when he considered... I mean, he gives this them this whole speech. I'll read the quote. It's very sur- – he goes, look, this is very surreal. I just have to say every single thing we say and do today is going in the memoirs, going in the fucking congressional record. It's coming up at board meetings. It's going in SEC filings. We tell them to circle for a half hour so we can get our heads straight and then some fucking rumor starts. We get crucified for being cold-hearted or I don't even know. We are highly liable to misinterpretation. So what we do today will always be what we did the day our father died. So let's – grieve and whatever, but not do anything that restricts our freedom of movement. What a way to say that prevents us from getting control of the company. <laughs> I wish I could speak with such subtlety. It was very CEO-like, like mm-hmm. immediately thinking about the whole picture and speaking with like clarity and leadership. And he basically shuts Shiv down for her idea being dumb and highly lie, <laughs> just really stupid. And Roman says 
time and time and again that he can't do anything. He's like, I can't think of anything. I can't use my brain. I can't go do this. So they also look to him in that moment when they're coming up with the speech, right? When they decide, um, they both look to him and he acknowledges it. I know you're all looking at me right now. He also, one thing that I noticed, it was subtle, but he like tr- almost transforms into Logan. He go, he tells Hugo to like, he goes, can you fuck off for a sec while we mm-hmm. sit here and think? He literally, he tells yeah. him to fuck off. And it was like, I think that was done very deliberately. Like I agree. it was, uh, he is, He's naturally Logan. And that's how I felt since the beginning. He was almost like he just got in his own way. And I'm kind of excited for the Kendall comeback. I'm excited for him to be a serious person. For a minute. (laughs) I think that's going to last about two days. Um, But so another but that happened immediately his transformation into into Logan. I actually kind of thought it was like a little bit funny when he was basically like in that sort of middle space between thinking he might have, you know, thinking he might have some chance and like being sure, sure, sure that he's dead, even though they like kind of were sure they were all just in a little bit of denial for a minute. He, he goes into this like rant of action, like action stations. And he's like, get Dr. Fucking Judith. He's screaming at Jess. He's like, get Dr. Fucking Judith, get that fucking lazy bastard and get him and the best heart doctor in the world and the best airplane medicine doctor in the world. What even is that? And then get them conferenced in and waiting and send a conference number to me and to Tom and to Carl and any of those things I will take, but I would like it to be in the next minute, two minutes, please, Jess. Like what is getting everyone a dial in going to fucking do? seriously it's like he's just i think he's just feeling very helpless in that moment he can't do anything like even when he calls um not carl the other one and he's like can you just tell the pilot just do a good job (laughs) oh i will tell him to just do it and then uh frank goes he he can't talk right now son (laughs) yeah he can't talk right now the pilot's busy flying the plane son the other thing that i thought was very logan like was uh, and out of character for him almost is when he goes and has to go get Shiv. And he says, Shivy, honey. Wait, what about then they held hands? I know. That was really sweet. That was really like as if they were children again. And it was yeah. really, really sweet. But when he says, Shivy, honey, like that reminded me of Logan, like going to him when he was down, you know, when he hurt, when he quote unquote killed the kid, even though he didn't. And the way that Logan treats his, Kendall's son like you know like just it's this very like fake softness yes and totally I just couldn't unfeel it unsee it unhear it I agree he oh, did turn man. into to Logan pretty pretty quickly like it was almost like Logan cleared out the space for him to do it mm-hmm. and even the siblings like you said look to him because they were so they've been so mad this whole time that that Kendall just wants to be in charge. But then when the moment arises, they actually look to him and they're like, oh yeah, he, he's in charge, you know? Yep. Yep. But that's what I was saying. That's what I mean. It's as if it's like now that when it's, then it, now it's when it's real and he's no longer there, they like put ego aside, maybe temporarily for now, but they assume like the stations of their skills that reflect their skills and not just, and that's part of my predictions, but we won't go there yet. And it won't, and it's not about their ego and who wins. It's like, dad's not here. We don't have to like fight for him to love us anymore. It's like, what's best for us now? And yes. like, what's best for all three of our needs? They've already got together, like put all the cards on the table. They realize they're good together as a threesome. 
And maybe it's not doing the 100, maybe it's not running Pierce, but maybe it's running Waystar. Maybe it's maybe it's time. I don't know, but <laughs> it did suggest the they do they do a, a funeral off the rack. We can do Reagan's with tweaks. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually one of my favorite quotes. So Probably funny. my favorite. It's so it funny the so way they funny. You, when you were saying like low, uh Kendall kind of speaking like a CEO. I was thinking they all sort of speak like Kathy Hilton in code. Because they don't want to say what they're really saying. But they, Mm -hmm. especially when they were trying to come up with a response and Carolina was like, you know, that's how they, I don't know, it's very interesting. I was just observing that. Well, it wasn't, I didn't say like the way they speak. It's like a CEO is like the way that he jumped into like action and leadership and like the way he commanded leadership without being too, well, this is like, this is my opinion. Like where, as it would have been perceived before, like not seriously. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I because I think in this moment they're being vulnerable because all three of them just have a shared experience of their dad dying at the exact same time and they were together. And so like they know we, there's no like other motives except You're this right. moment like we need to band together and get this shit done. Um okay, so who is next? Who is out of the will? Fuck off. I hate to say it, um especially before Logan's even in the ground. Hate to take a child's inheritance away before that even happens. But I'm going to have to kick Roman out of the will because of his, uh, not just his reaction to the death, which was like really, really sad denial, to be honest. But the way he fired Jerry was, that's all going in, that's all going in the congressional record. Uh, The guy who sent her, who tried to send her dick pics, like who regularly sent her dick pics. I don't know. I just think that he got very clumsy this episode partially because Logan fucked with him really hard Mm -hmm. and I just felt really I just felt really bad for him I think that he kind of like muddied things up I thought it was also really sad when he he walks into that room with Jerry like I've mentioned and he clearly wanted like a hug or something or some Mm -hmm. sort of comfort and she was just like you can have the room bye um yeah that was Guts, guts out on the floor. That was really rough. Um, it's funny you say Roman. I had like more compat. Like I felt. Yeah, that's sad why I don't think him. it's a compassionate. This is not a compassionate answer. I'm no, just I know it's it. not that's, a compassionate thing. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Um, I that's a good point that like when he's roped in with Logan, he doesn't think straight at all. He. And yet at all these episodes when he's been quote unquote estranged from Logan, he's been, he's been number one boy. He's been top boy. He's been thinking, he thinks straight. He thinks clearly. He thinks with a business mind and he thinks strategically. And before obviously all of this shit went down, he was, he was, I feel like pre- like last episode, he would never have gone ahead and done this j- carry j- fucking Jerry thing um, because it's so fucked up. But he doesn't he didn't he should have thought before he acted. And he probably feels deep regret about the fact that he couldn't have waited just a little before, like going into Jerry and firing her sort of um, poorly <laughs> at the top of the wedding. Right. I didn't really even understand why he didn't just wait like wait a little bit. Just because he yeah, said do it now. Like he's he's not there. He's going to Stockholm. What's he gonna do to you? Exactly. From from the plane. And also, 
Also bad decision for him to say, let's talk in 30 when we've boarded and like out to sea. Like, why would you want to trap her (laughs) after firing her from her job for like fucking decades? Like to me, that's nuts. I though did not pick Roman. I thought he couldn't step up. He couldn't do his thing, but he just kind of, I think he was just under a Logan spell to me, I was debating between two at the bottom of Boar and Will out of the Will between Carrie and Jerry. And that's why I cannot get their fucking names right. <laughs> um, like I ultimately chose out of the Will as Carrie because she might be humiliated, but I think Jerry was way more humiliated. And Carrie is just now technically really out of the Will. Like she has no ties unless she has unless she's with child. She really has no ties with um, anyone anymore. And I really want to talk about Carrie and her reaction and everybody's reaction to her reaction. I mean, I'll just say she was my bore on the floor. So maybe we can talk about her now as, as both of those awards. Yeah, I was debating between, but what the fuck did you make of her reaction? Did you really take it the way that like Carl and Tom took her? It's like Chuckles the Clown or like, <laughs> did you, or, or, Or did you think she was just in extreme shock and like actually grieving for real as opposed to them who were just waiting to get their like fangs in? I don't think she was grieving. I didn't interpret it as grieving, but I also didn't interpret it as like Chuckles the Clown. I just thought that was a funny joke that they were making about her because of her reaction. My sense of her reaction was shock. And you know what? You know how sometimes people react to bad news by laughing? Like they they can't really internalize it. Like nervous laughter. That's how I interpreted it. I also, yeah, I mean, who knows what's really going on with her. I think she's probably thinking about a lot of things that are not just um, him dying. Like, I think she's thinking about, like, shit. Like, he's my – he's the reason I'm here. She's a wild card. She's a wild card for sure. She's probably thinking, like, shit, he was my, like, meal ticket to whatever I wanted to do, whether it be his wife or be an anchor. but I think it was very clear how much she was never taken seriously by anyone mm-hmm. who mattered. Because the second he's – one second after he, like, takes his last breath, they're like, all right, get out of here. Like, even though she was acting weird, I kind of think they would have done that to her anyway, even if she hadn't been acting uh, awkward. Uh, ag- agreed. They just kind of used her grin as sort of an excuse to, like, write her off and make a joke out of her. But also her grin is why she's like a non a non starter. You know what I mean? Like the fact that she does handle it this way is because she is never a business person. She well, she's she's obviously also has uh, is rough from what we've seen around the edges in terms of like emotion, like showing emotions. I agree with you. I think she was she seemed like she was in complete shock. She was crying. And lots of people smile when they're really, really nervous. They they're hiding their emotions. People are not. And she's not in a comfortable place. There's no one there who's like, will give her a hug. Do you notice there's so few hugs in this episode? And no one is in, on that plane that will give her a hug. Someone she debatably has loved or has like an emotional sexual relationship with has just died in front of. But do you think they take that seriously? But it doesn't matter to her. I'm talking from her perspective. Like, Died before in her arms because Shiv earlier said that Tom said that Carrie got to speak to him for a while. And no one is like, are you okay? Like, she seems 
she's, I was, I thought her reaction, her acting, I thought also was perfect. It was like just sort of unhinged in that moment. Like I'm fucking in the air with these assholes. Someone I've just been so close to for a while now has just died suddenly in my arms. And I I don't know what to do. And no one knows maybe that I have a baby (laughs) and I don't know what to do. And to me, I thought that was like, also another guts on the floor moment. But I think I but I think she's a wild card. Like we don't know what's gonna happen the whole time. I've even while the kids were like convening and talking, I was like, doesn't anyone want to like ask Carrie? Maybe, maybe Carrie knows something more than the other ones, but they wouldn't ever because nobody takes her seriously. But I think she's got something. Carrie had they couldn't have brought her up this far just for her to just go away. She's gonna come back and do something. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But to me, they don't do anything like accidentally. They don't do just things casually. She's not just like a blip on the script, you know? Right. I think she will end up mad. I don't think she's done at all. But I see – I didn't really feel that compassionately towards her. I was like, okay, because I'm I'm seeing it from the perspective of like Carl says, you know, I've known the guy 40 years. He's 12 feet away from me. I'm trying to be serious here. He's like, I'm not trying to pull something. I felt that their reactions were much more appropriate to the situation of someone they knew. I think Carolina handled it like amazingly. My sense was that they were like, okay, this is just like the newest fling. She happened to be here when. I I don't agree with you. I don't – because they don't like love him. They hate him. I don't like her, to be honest. I dislike Carrie. But regardless of whether or not you like Carrie, I don't really like Carrie either. But I'm talking about like the other people on the plane acted that way because they don't fucking care about Logan. Like they don't care about him on any emotional level. I thought it was because they don't care about Carrie. No, they don't care about Logan. I mean, in in terms of you're saying how they reacted so like emotionless and just they were like business first because they they were digging their fangs into who can write the statement first and whose name is going to be in the statement just for like market stability. Like they were just Tom. Was it like Tom was like, it was so grim. I lost my protector. It wasn't about like I just lost my father in law. It was I lost someone who just kept me in my my station, in my position. Carrie to me was the only one on that plane who like had an emotional connection to him. The rest of them, even even um Frank, it's like I knew him for 40 years. That guy stabbed Frank in the back 40 fucking times. He but Frank came back every him. time. He hates Frank him. came back. Yeah, because Frank Frank needs a job. And Frank wants he also job. has an abusive, emotional, like a fucking fucking toxic relationship with him. There's no way he loves him. You know what I mean? I never got that sense. It's not about him loving him. It's not about him loving him. It's about like you have a more of an attachment to someone who you've known for several decades, regardless of how much you like them, regardless of how much they fucked with you, they stuck with him. I'm sure. For decades. She is like, they're not even out of the honeymoon phase yet, Carrie and Logan. Exactly. I'm sure that's probably why it's even more intense. But but that's why I'm like, okay, Fuck off. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, I don't right. no, I, I agree I know Carrie will be back, but I dislike her and I don't really want her to be back. So I don't know. I just like her as a wild card. I like that there's unpredictability, like ro- like swirling. She's very well acted. Incredibly well acted part. Despise her. Mm-hmm. But that's because she's so well acted. <laughs> what do you who's yes. your bore on the floor, if not Carrie? <laughs> Bullshit. Bore on the floor. Jerry. 
Jerry, Jerry is my bore. Okay. <laughs> Jerry is my bore. Because it was just highly humiliating. Everything she got left out of Europe. She's um, gets to this wedding. Roman, who's been sending her dick pics, probably why she thinks the reason why she's not in Europe has now just fired her, like in the most like casual, cruel way. And then immediately, as soon as she finds out Logan's dead, she has to like work. <laughs> and then right. it's just, and then it's just so awkward between her. And Roman, and she's just like untethered to me. Like she doesn't know her place and she just has to protect herself. And to me, that is probably a very, very uncomfortable feeling. Like that scene, that one shot of her, the moment after Roman tells her and she's just looking out, she's just, she's fuming, but also sad. Like also great acting. But that's how I felt. Like she was just, like she was just, picked last, you know, on a team. She and then like let go. After all of those years. I think that's Jerry today. Right. Of this but episode. I think Jerry is going to be the is going to be the one to sail off into the sunset of all of these people. It's possible. I think Jerry is going to be great. In the I agree. That's why she's only the bore of this episode. You know, these that's are true. these are fluctuating rankings. They're not permanent. We'll choose somebody for the the whole uh full series at the end. I feel like that will be oh, fun. Oh, we will. Because then it'll be like the final count, the final cut. You know who's the final bore? As long as it makes sense dramaturgically. Yes, definitely. <laughs> That's going to be everything what? now. Everything is going to make sense dramaturgically. <laughs> sense dramaturgically. I love it. It's so perfect. What a perfect word. It's so stupid and it's so unnecessary. Because <laughs> you would just say dramatically, plot just, wise, no, dramaturgically. narratively. <laughs> you could narratively. say so many other words, and then you have this like unnecessary. Urgically in urgic? there, yeah, because it's like urgic. Yeah. It sounds like regurgitation. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Anyway, such a. I just love it. I love it. I love. I love Jeremy Strong. He's not perfect. Thank you, Jeremy Strong, for that. I will love you forever. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches, and honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash betches. All right, Saman, birthday girl, let's do some forecasting predictions of this episode, and we can also talk about the end of this episode with the with the uh, press conference and just like the, the shots of how it ended and what it all means for the future of the rest of this final season. Um, you know, before we even get into it, I was just thinking, what do you think he was doing that while his, like that made his, that set off his chest into hurting? Like um, Roman thought he listened to his voicemail, <laughs> which is him. <laughs> And that, like, he his chest started hurting. He's short of breath. He went to the bathroom and collapsed in there. So what do you think it was in that moment? Honestly, sometimes God says your time has come. Like, right. this man has had serious health issues. I know. From the begin, That's literally how this started. Mm-hmm. He has a health issue in the first episode. He has that instance where he goes and sees um, Aronson, yeah. where he, like, is really short of breath from, like, walking. Being on a plane – there's all types, all sorts of issues with blood clots or or things like mm-hmm. that. So it really, honestly, could have been anything. But at the end of the day, like it's not one thing or another. I think probably dramaturgically <laughs> he had to go. He had to go. It was yeah. I was just thinking about like the scenes also. Like they didn't, you know how like they they don't really show him fully. They just show like you see a peak of his like. But like his chest, his open chest of them doing the chest compressions. And then the one scene they sort of show is his face. Of his, it's like his head, like obviously not conscious with a, with that phone against mm-hmm. him. And it all felt, oh, that, that I felt was really dark, like so sad. Well, there was one thing I wanted to say about Brian Cox earlier. Well, actually two things. One is from the Succession Companion podcast that HBO puts out where Brian Cox, he was the guest for like yesterday, today's episode. And he, he said like, I'm okay. When Jesse told him he was going to, Jesse Armstrong, the creator told me he was going to die in, in episode three. He's like, all right, like, am I still getting paid for the whole season? <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was, was so, look, I, I think he seemed to imply that yeah. he is. Then all, another thing I read, this was an interview on like an online publication. I can't remember which one where he was saying how like they filmed Logan's funeral as one of the future episodes of the season and how he insisted on showing up to filming so that people wouldn't suspect that it was Logan's funeral Mm. because he, the actor, was there. So I thought that was just a really interesting, you know, Brian Cox, he's devoted to the craft. No one can say he's not. I'm sure that there was a lot of like, strategy to be made and planned for not, you know, really setting off any rumors or like any leaks in the plot or the script. And, and like, I was thinking about like the previews and how they like have to be really careful about what scenes they show because nothing in the previews makes you really think that. I mean, you really predicted it. HBD, great job. Only because they like had many lines about him contemplating the meaning of life and the afterlife. And like no one's contemplating that out of nowhere. I thought maybe it was a little too like, maybe it was just, it was supposed to, yeah, symbolize death, but not mean it directly. But I think because they didn't do it at the end. And I, they also talked about this. It wasn't like the whole season culminates and it just like ends with his death. Like it wasn't that it was like, 
and that's what we're supposed to just be left with. Like, no, it happens in the beginning. It's the it's the all the other stuff that's what we're going to be left with. But well, that is the succession. What exactly. is the succession? If he just succession. dies at the on episode eight or nine or ten, like there is no succession, no or succession. they have to resolve it so quickly that you don't even get to see. Mm-hmm. So, oh, that's another another thing they said was that each episode is one day for the, for the season. So mm. we're only watching. Like a week or so, you know, playing out for the rest of the season. Yeah. Wow. That's that's cool. All right. Let's talk about predictions. Um, where should we start? What are you what are you what are you thinking about the rest? I have a series of predictions okay. for the rest of the season, like how I think it one will. at a time. Okay, we'll one at a time. One, I don't know if the sale with Matson is gonna go through. I think, and so I think too. as a result, yeah. I think as a result, that is going to bring us back to a question of which of the kids will control the company mm-hmm. because I don't think it's really going to go to like Frank or Carl or Jerry. Jerry, you know, obviously. So that's out. I agree with you. Yeah. There's no way it's just that's the, that's what's going to happen to the show. He sells the company or the kids like sort of shepherd <laughs> the company <laughs> into the sale and they just like walk away with their money. I mean, I mean, there is a world in which they they set aside all their fighting and say, you know, this is what dad wanted. And they do this. And then they just kind of walk away and like make their own pile. Maybe. Well, I think the kids are going to have to fight other people and each other. It's not just – because here's the thing. While they're going to fight each other, I think, they also have to fight other people. And then they have to deal with each other. Maybe this will affect the price of the deal and – and then they won't take There's it. There's a lot to consider. Yeah, the board needs to pass it. They were about to vote no. I don't think the deal's happening. There's not maybe there's not going to be confidence in the kids even taking over, but I did get the sense that like maybe in in a perfect world, but we know this isn't going to be the show that like they're going to they're going to go into the roles that they are matched for skill-wise with like Kendall CEO, Roman COO, and Shiv is like the all communications and PR and like um, spreading the message. But um, that sounds like of what a functional family would do. That's what I'm saying. In, a, in like a, <laughs> a, a, a at the end of the rainbow, yeah, maybe, but maybe not in this show. So it's hard to like make these predictions. Okay, so what's your next one? I I have this is how I think the whole thing will go. Okay. Oh God. Because I don't want you to tell now me. we have six, six to seven episodes. Uh-huh. I think that what we're going to look at is Kendall's the protagonist. I think we're going to mm-hmm. be going back to Kendall on his protagonist journey, which unfortunately doesn't really bode well for him because I think that what's going to happen is he's going to like, I think he's going to try to take over. You know, we saw sort of the beginnings of that, but I think ultimately what we're looking at is a very, very bad and terrifying decline instead of a success story. I'm basing this off of two things. One is the shot of him in the water during the previews, which is water's never a good sign for Kendall. And then he also, they show him fighting with Rava on the street where he's kind of looking like a bit of a mess Mm -hmm. and not like the guy who's about to take over the multi-billion dollar company. And I think that we're going to see him have a really big decline. And I honestly think he might die at the end. I think that that would be oh like. Oh my God. <laughs> I think that. dying. <laughs> I mean, I don't. Maybe he doesn't die, but something very bad happens to him. I They're think, not going to end with another death. No, I think they, they would have another death because 
that is what you would think that they wouldn't do. Oh, I know. He doesn't know we know. He knows we know. I think, I think Kendall – okay, remember when they met in the diner, Kendall and Logan, and Logan was like, do you want me to die? And he's like, of course I don't want you to die. I'll be broken when you die. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't think Kendall's – like right now Roman is a mess, but I think Roman's going to just like shut it out and be okay or like whatever. He'll get on with it. I think Kendall's going to go into this like – he really tries to take it over now. It's his goal. It's like his everything. And I think he's just going to go so terrifyingly fast at it that he's going to fuck something up. But what I think will happen is that Tom and Shiv are going to come back together mm-hmm. Part for different reasons. One, I think Shiv is going to genuinely crave his support and he knows he needs to cling to her in order to be To be relevant. In order to get any sort of like power or even just to like maintain his spot. I ultimately think he might become the villain and the one who fucks over Kendall. And the reason for this is kind of a meta reason. And again, this is why I say like my – it's hard to to predict with from within the show versus just being a watcher. You notice he used an Android phone this this, uh, episode. And villains – so Apple has a thing. This is like widely known. Many recappers talk about it. Apple has a thing where they do not let a villain use an Apple phone. So so the fact that he like switched to an Android – I don't remember him ever using an Android before – tells me that something's going to go wrong with Tom. The fact that he had this like logistics folder, maybe Greg will end up fucking him or maybe Greg will end up coming up with him. I don't know. The fact that he had this logistics folder that he's like immediately delete – Mm-hmm. Tells me, like, he had a long game here. Shiv is kind of his, like, weapon and shield at the same time. But also she wants to come out on top. Like, she's inherently sort of like that too. Mm-hmm. So I think they're probably going to come back together in, like, a fucked up way. And then what I think is going to happen to Roman, and this is also, like, based on the preview sort of, like, I think he's going to be kind of sidelined from the Waystar thing, partly because of the Jerry stuff. And also I think he's going to get more involved with ATN and then the politics side of things with Mencken Mm -hmm. and trying to be this, like, go-between with Connor. There was such a funny line where he's – in the preview where he's, he's like, like it's for the republic. Get out of the (laughs) – Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, for the good of the republic. And Alan Ruck's face was so fucking funny when he, like, started laughing. He's like, yeah. (laughs) Oh, the fucking republic? Okay. Are those – is that everything? I need to react to all of them. That is – I think that's – I think that's it. That's how I see it going. I don't know if – I don't know if Kendall will die, but I think he's going to be a mess. Okay. Re-Kendall. Re-Kendall having a breakdown. Breakdown. Yes. As as optimistic as I want to be about Kendall having his like – you know, that now that he's – now that he's free from his dad's like death grip, I think – I thought maybe this is his chance to like be free. And shine. And, you know, he's not tethered to his father's opinion anymore and doesn't care about being number one boy. But then that last shot of this episode where he's just looking out at this plane, he can't bring himself to go there. And he looks really bad. <laughs> he looks sad, like beyond sad. It's because he, he didn't let, you know, he didn't let, he had to take, he had to lead in this one whole episode. And this is his moment to, you know, come to terms with what happened. And he looks like he's really, really down. That said, I don't know, maybe he's not going to completely have a breakdown. Because in moments like this, people can go one of two ways. They can like, because, you know, we, we know he's an addict. We know that he has problems. But it, he can go like, 
you know what, I'm going to maybe now I can make my dad proud of me in his death. And maybe I can do the, the clean route and I can, but we all know he has this obsession, but he has always been obsessed with killing dad and dad is dead. So, Maybe they did kill dad. Kendall did kill dad. Here's because Ken, <laughs> Ro, Logan wouldn't be on that plane if Kendall didn't get that call from Matson and decide to join Shiv's team, which she also only joined because she was mad about Tom and the divorce. Right. If he didn't get that, yeah, if he didn't get that um, signal, if Matson didn't get the signal that they want to push the price, um, yeah, that's true. He wouldn't be flying to Stockholm and he would want to do another phoner. Um, yeah, I think that that's true, but they, so they did kill dad. Dad is dead. And now this is what they're left with. I mean, he, it can go one of two ways. It really can. He can go like dark and then come out of it as a Phoenix <laughs> rising from the ashes. Like in seven days, in seven days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, He's going to do all like 12 steps in seven days. One bender. And yeah. then just one quick bender. And then comes out of it. Um, he wakes up and he realizes that he forgot to take the SATs this morning because Tom? his friend Georgina poisoned him Tom. while they were out. <laughs> in terms of Tom, I think that's interesting because again, also like Logan's absence is is going to be louder than his than his presence for sure. So in his absence, Tom has also has no one to hold on to. Like you said, there's only Shiv. And it's funny because when you said he's going to become the villain, like you go back to that scene where you want to do a dance, you want to make a deal with the devil, and maybe Tom is the devil, not Logan. Yeah, you I know? mean, Tom is on the poster. Another question, because Tom has Greg on his side, you know who we haven't heard from? We haven't heard from Marsha. I mean, it's not, it hasn't been that long. We haven't heard from Marsha. We haven't heard from Ewan. What mm -hmm. is, and Ewan's Greg's grandfather. So like, what is, where's he in all of this in deciding who the next take, you know, he's on the board. They all votes. Mm -hmm. So I just feel like Tom has more, the C-suite or, you know, the executives think that Tom doesn't have a lot in his corner, but I actually think he has a lot more in his corner than anyone realizes because technically he counts in the sibling bucket. He doesn't count in the bucket with the C-suite, you know, the external C-suite. Mm -hmm. And having that family relationship while being also probably the most uh, competent and calculated one in the family with those siblings just to me makes it seem like he actually has the best chance. I I could see it. I've said that it's Tom also for a really long time. I was like, he's the, he's the only one that Logan like respected in the sense that he sort of came out from nothing, right? He, he understands the value of money and position and working for what and earning, for the most part. I mean, he did marry into the family. He likes her, though. He loves Shiv. Yeah, no, I know. And I do, I've always seen Tom as like, because again, he's an unpredictable character. You never thought it would be him. He was completely, Logan like hated him season one, thought he was a joke. And now he's like his number one, you know, number two, whatever, in business. And yeah, it could, it could it could be him. Honestly, it's it's really hard to say. I don't know. It's so hard. But I agree. They're going to be back together. They left together. That's true. Right. They left together. And another reason that I think that, that they will sort of like join forces is so Shiv gives the speech. She gives mm -hmm. the statement. 
Then she she says in the statement, we're not taking any questions. Mm-hmm, right. And then someone fucking asks her, like, she takes the question. what are you going to do? And she takes the question like an idiot. And she gives a dumb ass response. She definitely didn't make it seem like the future of the company was super stable when she was like, uh, I don't know. We'll definitely be there for the uh, uh, whatever the future of the company is. It's she like, couldn't help herself. Right. But it's like, why would you ever say whatever the future of the company is regarding a public publicly traded company with a stock price that reacts to those things. It's like, are you so stupid that you couldn't even keep that one response in that made you look like an idiot? So I feel like her kind of safety is Tom in a weird way. And he might end up like impressing her that he, with his moves. I think that he's already impressed her. I think she is, she, he betrayed her. And that's the ultimate, ultimate like aphrodisiac for her <laughs> yeah it's like true. he she's obsessed with that other guy like she was sexually attracted to that other guy remember like the guy from the campaign who i think in, in previews we're gonna see again but um because he was like so mean to her and this is what she likes she's fucked up fucking freudian issues like she absolutely likes they tom again he, he was in higher favor with the dad than she was and that's oh, not yeah. a day she thought would ever come. So, like, for sure, she I think she likes him now. She called to him to come to the limo. They hugged. She, and in that one, that, like, there was one tender moment where she, like, sort of berates him for a second. And then she says, sorry. And he goes, it's okay. It's a hard day. And then she, her face really changed. Like, do you see it? He disarmed her. Yeah, he disarms her. It, it, was, it was fucked up romance. But, Aileen, <laughs> speaking of Freudian issues, the funniest thing I thought was maybe the, the loony cake. That was so funny. His obsession with the cake. He was like, I just don't want to see the internal, the inner workings of the cake. The, the inner qualities of yeah, the, the cake. Yeah, the inner qualities the, the cake. funniest, here's the thing. Them, de- Kendall, Jeremy Strong, delivering that line, the whole like thing. When she uh, went then, to have a mental health care, she went to no, do mental Roman health care. Roman goes to the to the loony. What, what did the he funny call farm. It? The funny farm, and he goes to the mental care facility or something. And Kendall's and like, goes, "Well, when she went to the mental care facility, and he, and he ate Victorian sponge for a week. I can't imagine how hard that must have been to deliver because it's so funny and ridiculous. I just that was really funny. But then you know, it was surprising in that moment. Like I think that was what we see throughout just going back to Connor and Willa, what we see throughout the last few episodes is I think Willa sort of sees like the humanity in Connor and not the joke side and like seeing why he is the way that he is. Like, like hearing that story and you're about to marry this man, you're like, fuck, like his childhood is so fucked up. This guy is like, like, definitely hurt like he there is a reason why he is the way that he is he isn't just this rich fucking asshole like he's deeply hurt and i think that she like almost loved him a little bit more in that moment she's like right loony cake (laughs) (laughs) all right that is it for this week's recap everyone be sure to rate review and follow us on apple spotify or wherever you are listening and we'll have obviously new episodes every single monday so subscribe to the show ASAP so you don't miss any new episode. Go message Sammy right now. Happy birthday. And RIP Logan Roy. And RIP Logan I can't believe this. I, I Rusty didn't get a chance to watch it because we got home so late last night. So I'm like, do not. 
watch any spoilers. Do not catch any spoilers. I'll watch it again with you tonight. He's like, he's like, should I fast forward to the end? I'm like, no, it's the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> right the end. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. See, like the 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 art that they wouldn't even put it at the end. It's beautiful. The art. Anyway, message Sammy, happy birthday. And you can follow me at Aileen. Follow me at Sammy. And until next time, we here for you. ATM. We here for you. At Betches is produced by Sean Kilby, Jorge morales Pico, Rebecca Sosmacat, and Aliza Zim. Editing by Basilio Perez. Be sure to follow At Betches on Instagram and send us your emails to podcast at Betches.com. Betches.